Hi, Pastor Greg here. I'm the pastor of the Jordan Assembly of God Church in Jordan, Montana. I'm very excited to introduce a brand new series, Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. Thank you so very much for being a part of this podcast and listening to this. I hope that you enjoy this series. So without further introduction, Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. So this is Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. Part 16, family. And Romans 8, 12 through 17. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. I pray, Father, that we may just have a wonderful time going through your word and learning more about you. I pray, Father, that you be glorified in our hearts and our minds. In your name I pray. Amen. So, we have been going through, we went through the identity and authority of God. We have gone through the identity and authority of the Messiah. We have gone through our our identity as followers of a man from Nazarene, the branch and root of Jesse, how in Isaiah that, that, a fulfillment of prophecy in Isaiah. And we have referenced our reasonable service. Remember, we want proof to follow. God wants us to follow to prove. You catch that? We want proof before we follow, and God wants us to follow in order to prove. We learned that last Sunday. We want assurances before entering a situation. God walks, us, God walks with us in the situation to assure us. We want all of our guarantees at the front, and God says that's not how this works. You step into the water before the water parts. You follow after, and I will show you that I'm good, is what God says. God says, I'm going to change your life, but in order to change your life, in order to change your heart, in order to change your mind, you've got to be willing to follow. And if we do, we're called children of God, if we follow after him. Now, in a family, there is structure. Okay, you have you have normally dad, mom, those kind of structures. But here in, in the heavenly, you got God our Father in heaven. He has infinite grace. He is not more gracious or less gracious because of us. Notice that. His grace is because that is who he is. He's not going to be more gracious with you the more you sin, and he's not going to be less gracious with you the less you sin. It has nothing to do about you. It has the fact that he has grace. So 
Are we sinners? Yes. But it is by God's grace that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us. It is by his grace that he did that, not because of our sin, but because of his grace. Understand? His grace covers over what we do, but he was gracious beforehand. Before Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, he had grace. And he was gracious after. Okay? So when you go to the grace of God, it's not about how bad or how good you are. It's the fact that he is good and he is gracious. And he says, he will have grace upon whom he has grace and he will have mercy upon whom he has mercy. Nobody tells God what to do. It's amazing how sometimes we get this feeling like we can actually tell him what to do. It doesn't happen that way. It doesn't work that way. Okay? We get access to his grace. We get access to that, that deal through certain requirements. He's, he's always had certain requirements. If you follow after me, right? If you obey me. So through obedience, we get access to that. Now in Joel 2, 12 through 13, says this. Now therefore, says the Lord, Turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. Who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and nursing babes. Let the bridegroom go out from his chamber and the bride from her dressing room. Let the priests who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not give your heritage to reproach that the nations should rule over them. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? Okay. Now this is, by the way, after people have basically pretty much turned away from God, not doing what they want to do, not doing what they should do. Now, I don't know about you, <clears throat> but when I was a child, let's just say I had more um, meetings with the principal than I probably really want. And back in my day, the principal was actually allowed to spank. Okay. Now, <clears throat> my principal had a paddle that had holes drilled into it so that you could actually hear it whistle going on the way down. Okay? That's all I'm saying. And so there was a time in, in family where, you know, it's like if you get disciplined at school, you get disciplined at home, right? I'm not going to say that that <clears throat> works for every family, but it, uh, I, I would have to say, I would point to that and say, um, I needed it, okay? That's all I'm saying, all right? I'm just going to be very honest with you. I agree with my parents and their rules, okay? I do. Not everybody's going to agree with that thought process, and that's perfectly fine. I definitely needed it for myself. So in this structure, in this family, there is discipline that happens within this family. But here's the thing. My dad and mom were very gracious people. My dad and mom loved me very much and didn't want me and wanted me to be the person that they wanted to 
to, to grow up and to be. And I'm going to tell you that if it wasn't for the discipline of my parents, and if it wasn't for the prayers of my grandparents and prayers of my parents and the encouragement of my family building me up, I wouldn't be who I was or am right now. There'd be no way that I could do that. Now, why do I mention that? Because during this period of time, God was dealing with his people God was dealing with some disciplinary actions because the people were refusing to obey him. And because of that, because of that, people were getting hurt. Let me tell you something right now. Sin hurts other people. You may think that your wrongdoings will only affect you. They don't. They affect other people. If you are selfish in one way, it affects other people. If you take from something or from somebody, you affect them, which then affects others. It never is just you. So God is dealing with a family issue, and in his chosen people, he was dealing with rebellion. So, so what does he do? Now, therefore, says the Lord, Turn to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. You'd be like, well, what does that mean? Back in the time when a person was like wanting to, to you know, like show that they are mournful or they're sorry for their wrongs or something was going on, they would rend their clothes. And here's the thing. That looks really good, but if there's not a change of heart, it doesn't matter. So let me put this into to, <clears throat> to a more of a today's realm. It's like going up and saying you're sorry when you're really not sorry. It's like going up to a person and saying, oh, I'm sorry, but you're really not sorry because you're not going to change it. So God is saying, rend your heart. Have your heart change. Well, the, here, here's something very interesting. There's only one heart changer around, and that's God. So you're like, there's something inside me that needs to change. In order for me to change, I need to have somebody who knows how to change hearts. And so God starts changing hearts, but he does it in the most gracious way possible. First off, he says, I sent my son to die on the cross for your sins. That's kind of like that that's kind of like you're going to be disciplined and then God steps in and says every price that you have done, every price that you're going through, every single thing that you're going through Jesus is paying on the cross for you. And it's because of that that when we turn and we sanctify and we rend our heart and we allow God, when we say, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, I am allowing my life to be changed by the precious God, the Father, and I'm allowing my life, because why am I doing? I am admitting the fact that I'm wrong. 
I'm admitting the fact that I'm wrong, and I'm also admitting the fact that I can't do it on my own, that I need to actually have a life that is consecrated. Remember, we have been learning about this, how Jesus, how the name Nazarene, how it's separated, consecrated, that when you follow after Jesus the Christ, you're separating, you're consecrating yourself. Now, it's not I who live, but Christ who lives within me. It is I who say, I want to love my enemies. Do I really want to love my enemies in my flesh? No, but because of what Jesus has done for me, I can say I want to love my enemies. I don't want my enemy to suffer. I do not want my enemy to actually do that. I want my enemy to know God as the father because you know what? Maybe my enemy never knew what a real father was. That person who is your enemy may have their own problems. Shocker. They may have their own issues. Just like, guess what? So do I. So God deals with family. So how do we turn? First, I just went into that. We acknowledge God. We acknowledge that the Messiah is our Savior. Second, we receive sanctification through the blood that was shed on the cross. Third, we submit to the risen Savior and the authority of God the Father. It is not I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And guess what? We don't learn this by following after man. We learn this by following after Christ. We learn this by getting to know Jesus in a way that, that is like no other. This is not a religion. This is not a belief system. This is a trust in God as the creator of heaven and earth. This is a faith that he actually did know exactly who I, who I was, who I was going to be, and he sent his son to die on the cross for me. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, I'm almost done. <clears throat> Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Remember, we are following after Christ Jesus. We are, we are saying, when, when, when I say I'm a Christian, the name, the word Christian has really gotten through the mud. I'm going to tell you that much right now. But honestly, being Christian, following after Christ, means that you, you are loving one another. That is the pure definition of being a Christian. You're like, well, Greg, I've seen a lot of Christians, and, and that's not the case, and I understand that. However, a Christian is loving one another. As a matter of fact, Jesus looked at his disciples and said, they will know you by how you show love one to another. So you can take that as it is, but a Christian is supposed to. So if by sheer definition you find ones that are not showing love, that's between them and God. But a Christian shows love one to another. 
who, being in the form of God, Jesus, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. So we can, in our humanness, feel we get more or get better the more we do. The more good works we do, we should get a better you know, something, right? It should be better for us. But Jesus actually covers this in Luke 17. And this is a very, this is a very hardcore verse because basically what it says in Luke 17, and it's verses 5 through 10, and the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. This is how he responded. How many times have you gone to God and say, you know, increase this, increase that? So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and, and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. Basically, like, if you have just enough faith to actually be able to something so, so very, very small, if you actually trust in me, that's all you need. That faith is going to grow and grow and grow in the relationship. But all you need is that little is that little bit of faith. It will grow, but all you need is that little bit of faith. And then he goes on and he says, And which of you, having a servant plowing or tending sheep, will say to him, when he has come in from the field, come at once and sit down to eat? But will he not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk, and afterward you will eat and drink? Does he thank the servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. So likewise you, when you have done all those things which you are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. Increase our faith. She's like, no, no, no. All you need is that faith of a mustard seed. It will grow, but all you need is that faith of the mustard seed. And if you as a servant, when you do what you're supposed to do, if you're doing what is right, we know that God will give rewards, but that's not the reason why I'm doing what is right. Do you understand? It is the purpose of my heart and of my life to follow after God. Why? To please my Father in heaven. Why? Not to get rewarded, but because you know what? It's the right thing to do. It's simply the right thing to do. Love one another. Why should I love one another? Well, one, God the Father asked me to, but two, it's the right thing to do. And God's like, does he thank that person for doing exactly what they were supposed to do? No, because, because I, the thankfulness is in the fact of the relationship with God. I'm doing what the right thing to do is. I can take pride in the fact that I did exactly what my Father in Heaven commanded me to do, and that's what I can be thankful for. Do we know that God gives out rewards? Yes, we do. And you know what the Bible says? We take off those rewards and we cast it before the feet of God. 
Every single thing that I get is only deserved because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Every single thing, every single prize, every single blessing that I receive is because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Every single thing that I can point at that is good in my life is because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And I'm thankful when I look in the mirror and I can say, you know what? I went from a very angry, selfish person to a person that loves because God loved me. To a person that cares because God cared for me. To a person that has changed because God cared enough to change me. Did I deserve it? No, I didn't. Did God do it? Yes, he did. It's a change of heart. Rend your heart. And guess what? We're family. You don't choose family. Think of that. You don't choose family. Family is there. Why should we love one another? Because God loves us. Why should we consider our words before saying them to another person? Because, you know what? God loved us. And God wants us to be careful of how we speak, what we say, what we think, what we do. There's some children's songs that probably you might or might not know. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. For your father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. For your father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful what your ears and eyes and mouth do and your hands and your feet. It's important for us as adults, for us as young people, and for us as littler young people to understand. To honor God is to obey him. And to obey him means to love him. And to love him, you also learn to love one another. That means that you try not to say the things that you know are going to hurt somebody, and you also forgive the people who try to say things that hurt you. Why? Because you don't know what your family members are going to be. You have no idea that person that's in front of you is going to do. They might get to know Jesus in such a mighty way that their life changed. And who in the world knows? They may even come up to you and say, you know what, that thing that I said to you the other day, I'm sorry. 
I'm not going to say it's going to happen, but I'm not going to say it's not going to happen because stranger things have been known to happen. So look for the good in things. Don't look for the bad. Trust me, it's really easy to see the bad. Look for the good. And let's be family in Christ, showing love one to another. And when you struggle with that, just remember that God loves you and show that love. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for this day and I want to thank you for this time. I pray, Father, that you be glorified in our hearts and in our minds. And I, I pray, Father, that we may honor you and serve you with love. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast and taking the time. I hope that you enjoyed this series. If you would like to follow this podcast as well as other podcasts, you may go to agjordanmt.com. I hope you have a wonderful day.